Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. CMS released FAQs late Wednesday regarding the Medicare marketing rule, providing official written clarification on several questions that NAHU has posed to the agency over the last several months. Additionally, NAHU's John Green hosted a panel at Better Medicare Alliance's 2022 National Medicare Advantage Summit earlier this week. To discuss these pieces and more on this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour is the Vice President of Congressional Affairs, John Green himself. So welcome back to the podcast, John. Let's start with some of the biggest news that CMS released an FAQ document earlier this week with some written clarification on several areas. These questions were already answered in calls between CMS and NAHU staff, but this is the first time that they are included in official guidance. It's also important to note that this guidance does not make any changes to the rule itself or its requirements. So that being said, John, what do these FAQs cover? Well, thank you, Dan, for having me. These FAQs cover ground that we've already shared with you. And as Dan said, there's nothing groundbreaking here, but it puts it in writing and that's significant. We know there was a lot of confusion around Zoom calls. Some carriers were saying that that was okay and didn't need to be recorded. And there were some other small misunderstandings about what the rule is, but this actually just basically puts in writing, closes the loop on some of that confusion. So regarding the requirements for recording calls and which calls to record, what guidance did CMS provide there? So they basically say that all calls must be recorded, all calls, even calls incoming and outgoing that have to do with um, nothing at all, maybe an ID card or something non-enrollment related. Now, in terms of how long you have to maintain those recordings, that's where they provided a little bit. I think it was pretty clear that if it doesn't go into enrollment, if the call is about an ID card or something administrative or clarifying something with regard to when an appointment is, those don't have to be kept. But if the call strays into actual enrollment questions, then it has to be recorded. And so I think what they're trying to say here is that the call may start out as an administrative call or a clarification issue on something that doesn't have to do with enrollment. But if it becomes an enrollment call, then it has to be saved and recorded, right? So that's sort of the distinction that they they make a bit more clear than they have in the past. And as we've mentioned before in our resources, it, this guidance, again, confirms that if a beneficiary refuses to be recorded, the agent must hang up. Is that correct? The call must end, but hopefully politely, right? <laughs> no one's going to be hung up on. But I think it's fair to say that, you know, unfortunately, we cannot continue this call as a result of not being able to record it. And so we'll have to do it in person. 
in order to avoid having to record the conversation, if that's feasible. I raised this with CMS that this could be problematic for some people where distances are too long or too far for a face-to-face. And they acknowledge that. And in their mind, it is the cost of doing business. I don't see it that way, obviously, but that did not seem to dissuade them to provide any you know, relief in that regard. So regarding when and how calls must be recorded, what clarification did CMS provide there? Not a great deal of guidance here, other than to say that if you are a small independent agent, that you should contact the carrier to see how they might be able to assist you. I know that a lot of independent agents are turning to FMOs who are coming up with uh, recording solutions, and that's really helpful. Plus, I think it keeps things on the same kind of platform, but they don't really say we prefer this over that uh, because I don't think it's a space well-developed enough for them to differentiate what's available in the marketplace. And also, we had a few members reach out concerned about whether or not the recording of these calls beneficiaries would be prohibited by HIPAA or not. So is that mentioned in this guidance? What CMS says with regard to HIPAA is that if it's required by law, and those are in quotes, that it's permissible to be recorded. That if you have any further questions about this, you are to go to the Office of Civil Right to ask deeper questions about that. So regarding the retention of call recordings, many NAHU members wondered how retention would work and exactly how long certain calls must be stored. So what guidance did CMS provide there? So they begin that section of the guidance by saying that it's 10 years, which we all knew. And, you know, and I've asked them what it would be wrong with just the plan year, because people tend to, you know, if they don't make a complaint about the plan within that plan year and they switch plans or sometimes beneficiaries pass away, you know, do I have to retain this for 10 years? It just seems like overkill to, to save something for 10 years. So let's just start with that. I'm in agreement that that requirement is just over the top. But these calls that involve marketing and enrollment must be retained for 10 years and be retrievable if requested. And it will be up to the carrier to enforce these requirements. You are not contracted with CMS. They are contracted uh, with the carriers are contracted with CMS. And so that's why the responsibility really is on them, including any retraining or whatever consequences, if you will, of what the complaint is about or how that's resolved also lies with the carrier. Sounds to me like in instances of egregious agent behavior, would CMS step in to try to remove an agent's license. But most of these cases will be resolved between the carrier and the agent involved. And obviously the disclaimer that agents are required to read at the beginning of calls is a huge part of this and an area where agents have had many questions and concerns. So what did CMS say regarding when and how the disclaimer must be read? I think my biggest takeaway here is that anything that is developed by the carrier does not require the disclaimer. But if it involves 
marketing materials that you're putting together related to enrollment, it requires the disclaimer. And they also talk about the scope of the disclaimer that it applies to TV ads, text messages, banner ads, uh, social media. If a document's developed by the plan, as I said, it doesn't have to have the disclaimer. However, if it's a summary of benefits that an agent is using and modifies in some way, then the disclaimer has to be added. But if you do not modify that summary of benefits, then you do not have to include the disclaimer. But at least, again, it's in writing. So we know exactly to what it applies to. And essentially, at what time does that disclaimer have to be included? So moving on to the 2022 Medicare Advantage Summit that I mentioned at the top of the episode. John, you attended the summit hosted by the Better Medicare Alliance on Tuesday and Wednesday. You also moderated your own panel. So can you tell listeners what your panel was about and offer some highlights? Sure, I'd be glad to. So uh, my session was on beneficiary education and consumer marketing. Our panelists included Jane Sun from AARP and Amanda Urich from HLC, the Healthcare Leadership Council who has been doing polling on satisfaction of Medicare Advantage since the beginning and been monitoring that. So we had a really good discussion about educating what the best communication vehicles are. And I got an opportunity to really talk about the role of the agent and why they don't sell for financial gain. So while agents do receive financial compensation for the assistance that they provide, it doesn't behoove them to sell specifically for financial gain, right? Because that book of business has value and it generates referrals, which is the main way that they sell based on good service. I think it was an opportunity for me to really help educate AARP, you know, feels that ships are underutilized and when there are only 16,000 of them, I, I mentioned, you know, we have 100,000 agents and brokers involved in the sale and service of these products. And so I thought it was a really good panel and felt like I made some inroads with AARP. We talked about the Medicare Part D OEP that I'm working on. And I think, you know, those are very uh, consumer facing and well received. Outside of your own panel, were there any other panels or aspects of the event that you enjoyed? I did. I stayed for a lot of the sessions. And if I wasn't there in person, I streamed what uh, I could. There was a good discussion with folks that I hadn't seen in 10 or 15 years. Chris Jennings, who is one of the lead Democratic lobbyists in Washington around healthcare, worked in the Clinton administration, is a well-known lobbyist in town. And uh, Bill Holigan, who was a budget committee person, really deep in the weed on a lot of these issues. I've known him for many, many years. It was great to hear them talk about the future of MA. I think that there is a lot of concern among the audience with regard to the future of Medicare Advantage in terms of it being targeted for cuts to help float the Medicare program. But you look at the sheer number of of people entering into Medicare, with the baby boomers being the largest cohort in human history, literally aging into Medicare, the the numbers themselves are going to drive the cost up. 
no matter how you slice it and whether they're in traditional Medicare or in Medicare Advantage. So if Medicare Advantage is a more efficient way to deliver care, then why is that a bad thing? And I think that's kind of where we were trying to land. It is now time for the NHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So John, who are we toasting to this week? Today we're and this week we're toasting all our Medicare agents who are involved in assisting their clients and new clients and I hope that everyone has a successful AEP. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.